Welcome to our uh, Tuesday night prayer meeting. Praise the Lord. And uh, we chose to, to do our meetings like this in the midweek and not just give you a little sing song and a little message and let you go, just, you know, bless you. But, uh, but we believe that God is always something life-changing going on that wants to help us. And uh, my Lord, he is helping us. Praise the Lord. Habakkuk says this in first, uh, chapter 3, verse 17. I'd like you to get your Bibles, get in your phones. Amen. Uh, the word of the Lord's not on the screens up here. Amen. And, uh, you know, you can listen to me, but it's much more powerful if you will look at your Bible or look at your device. Can I have a big amen? amen. So if you chart with me tonight, amen, if you can, you know, grab the scriptures as we go through them. Um, last night, I hope you heard the recap of Sunday. Amen. A powerful time just jumping on there and just having a wonderful time with, with everyone. And uh, we're going to try and do that going forward, guys, amen, on a m Monday night. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God, for the Lord is good. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, for the Lord, yes. is, good. the Lord is good. So look at this in Habakkuk 3, verse 17. Lo, the fig tree does not blossom, and there is no fruit on the vines, Though the product of the olive fails and fields yield no food, though the flock is cut off from the fold and there are no cattle in the stalls yet, everybody say yet, yet. I will rejoice in the Lord and I will exult in the victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk and not stand still in terror but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. Amen? So no matter what comes against you, you're going to make it. Amen. I'm going to say that one more time. No matter what comes against you, you are going to make it. Amen. You know, we're living in our time. Amen? Many of us are different age groups, different backgrounds. Some of us are the kids, some of us are the parents, some of us are the grandparents, amen, it all changes as you, as you move through the years, as you know, um, but, it, but it's very important that we adhere to the responsibility of the time that we live and bear responsibility for the generation that we are part of so that we leave an inheritance for the generation that is coming after us. And I'm not talking just financially here. I'm talking in all ways. There is a responsibility, amen, to leave the next generation better off than what we were ourselves. Better off in what way? Better off in the blessing. And the blessing, you know, when we speak about the blessing, the blessing is not just finances. It's just not materialism. The blessing of the Lord is the power of God. Or, you know what, we're blessed, what? with strength from on high to live our lives as God would live it himself. That is the blessing. We are to expect no less than what God would expect for himself. Even when Jesus was on the earth, amen, come on, just after a period of time, wise men were moving towards Jesus. There was no confession. There was no declaration. There was prophetic unction, amen, that already lassoed that, uh, that, that, that treasure of the wise man, amen, and set things in motion. But Jesus himself did not get to the stage that he had a confession going of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
I can't find anywhere in Scripture that it says Jesus declared that gold and frankincense and myrrh was coming to him as a child. But yet, in the, in the sovereignty of God, the outworking of God, amen, God in his wisdom, through the prophetic unction, through the plan, through the declarations, through the decrees of years before and generations before, set in motion. Everybody say that with me. Set in motion things that had to come to pass. There are things that are set in motion for good, but there are also things that are set in motion for not so good. God has set things in motion for our good, for our benefit, right? How many people agree that? But there are also those things that people on the earth have set in motion, things that they said that they should not have said in their generation. Therefore, because of the things that they said in their generation, another generation bears the reward of the words of another generation, Jesus received the reward of that unction that was spoken from the Father by the Spirit of the Lord coming upon the prophets. There was declaration, there was word, there was that unction that came forth, thus and thus and thus, and this is the way it will be. This is what will happen. And it happened exactly as it was said. Then, when Jesus was about to go to Egypt with his family, the wise men appeared and they brought bearing gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right on time when it was needed. I want you to say that with me, right on time when it was needed. How many people believe that you can trust the Lord? So if there's anything that you can see in Scripture, he is a well-timed help. And that's what Hebrews says, that you can call upon him. Amen? And that his help will come right on time. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to take you to a scripture tonight, if I may, and just open this up. And it's Jeremiah 31, 29. Jeremiah 31, 29. Now, many of you, you've been heard the way that we've been ministering, the way that we've been preaching, seeing people just, you know, receiving revelation of living their lives free from the snare of the fowler. From the, from the enemy, it's a beautiful thing to watch. People's eyes are opening. People's ears are opening up. People are saying, I wish I'd have known this 10 years ago. I wish I'd have known this 20 years ago. But you know, we're hearing it now. And some of you know it better than what I know it. You're saying, thank God you're catching up, Pastor Paul. But you know what? I'm going to give it the best that I can give it, and I'm not backing up. Because there are things that are going on that are not natural. I've spoken to you about Jezebelic operations. I've spoken to you about Leviathan operations, twisted speech, how the enemy wants to twist things. I'm going to bring a message to you very soon about no more eunuchs, of how Jezebel wants to make eunuchs out of people so that you absolutely, you know, bear no productivity in your lives, that you live under the curse of poverty, always having pockets in your hole, uh, uh, holes in your pockets. I want you to shout it out. Days of accumulation. Days of acquisition. How many people believe that? 
So Jeremiah 21, or 31, verse 29, and you maybe think that this is a really strange scripture, but I want you to read it in your own Bible so that you can see it, because it's not one of those scriptures that you're going to read in your devotions and, and hang out there very long. But it is very powerful, it is very potent, and I, I heard it, and so I'm bringing it to you. And it says this in verse 29, In those days they shall say no more. The fathers have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. You can say to yourself, what on earth does that mean? Well, let's take a look at the message translation. It says, parents ate the green apples, and their children got the stomach ache. Parents ate the green apples, their children got the stomach ache. Uh, the, the, the CEV says it like this, sour grapes eaten by parents leave a sour taste in the mouths of their children. In other things, it is the effects of one generation to another generation. When you have a generation that takes a responsibility for the next generation coming, not only a generation saying to themselves, you know what, I'm just going to get as blessed in my life as I can. And you know what, praise the Lord, when I'm out of here, I'm out of here. And it's over to anybody and everybody and they can have at it. That is probably one of the most selfish attitudes that anyone could ever have in the church world. Because everything is blessed to be a blessing. I'm going to say that again. Blessed to be a blessing. Is it okay if I, I just teach a little bit tonight? Blessed to be a blessing. The longer I live, the more I realize that it's not about me. How many people have found that? Younger, you think it's all about you. Your position, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, where you're going to do it, where you're going to do, what we're going to do. Feel a song coming up. But the longer you live, you realize that it's not about you. And it truly is the blessing of the Lord to find your purpose as quickly as you possibly can because that purpose will position you and you will be more apt to begin to lay up this inheritance, not only of finances, but of character, of, of moral aptitude or standing. These three things that I've been talking to you about, what are they? Number one, remember the three C's. What were they? Number one, character. Number two, competence. Number three, capacity. These are things that we must get working in our lives or we're going to fail. That was a massive silence. But it's just faith, Buster Paul. Come on, faith, you know. No matter what the world does, I win, man. It's a little bit more than that. Because once the song is over, you still have to go back to your world. And unless you're singing like that in your bedroom, it's not going to work much further than the doors of the church. We might have ran around the room. We might have rolled across the front of the altar. But listen, if it's not bringing change in a tangible measure in our lives, you just had a moment. Like the world has a moment. 
in the church. The church has a moment. We have the high of the spirit in the world. They have a moment. They have the high of cocaine. They have the high of whatever. But to have the Holy Spirit working in our lives is not just for the high. It's just not for the feeling. Amen. Every, when I come closer to everybody, they, they become more attentive and nodding and all these different things. And when I move away, it's like, okay, okay. I'll stay in the middle. Praise the Lord. Then you all can relax. So we'll shut it out. I'm going to make it. So really, the folly of the church over over several decades is that a lot of people have lived for the high of the moment. It was an amazing church service, but there was no, uh, it didn't translate to everyday life. How many people would accept that as a, as a given? As long as we can have a great church service, it doesn't translate into the practicalities of living the victory on a Monday when you go back to your own world. Well, I don't want that for you. I want that did you waken up tomorrow with the tangible knowing within your heart that, that if you never saw a pastor again, you've got this. Come on, that's a good word right there. If you never were able to be in a church again, you've got this. You, you've, you've, you've heard something from God that you've taken responsibility for and that you know that for the next generation coming after you, there is something that you have to put in place to set them up, not just financially, but morally. It's the truth, guys. So when you take a look at this, I love it in, in the message where it says, parents ate the green apples but their children got the stomach ache. When you live in a generation just for yourself and it's all about you, your children are going to bear the consequences of that. It's a wonderful thing to watch a parent that is sold out for the future of their children. It's a beautiful thing to watch. Love in action. Love is just not a hug at the end of the day. Love is that fervency within us that says, there will be no repeat of the past. Amen. Whatever happened, listen, when, when, when two people get to, together, right? So here, here's two. Now, what's working behind that is four. Right? Then behind that, great, great, eight. Great, 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 16. I don't know what went on back there on the great, great, greats. Right? But I, but I know that what I was given when I arrived. And as, as good as that was, I have to take that and make sure that it is much better to give to the next generation. Come on, shut it out. It's called responsibility. 
Amen. I've also in my Christian walk, I have come to the place that I can't look back and say, well, if they had of, if they had of, if they had done this, well, I didn't get the best start. Well, you can have the best finish. I'm going to say it again. You can have the best finish because as much as there are generational curses, amen, we get to make generational choices. Come on. I'm not, be, I'm not dismissive that there aren't generational curses. I actually do believe they are. there are. But I believe for us, we can make a generational choice that we can receive the blessing of the Lord and say no to what wants to come from what? You know, well, we're redeemed from the curse of the law, but, but what, if the cur- what about the curse of sin? We forget about that one. There are other things out there, ladies and gentlemen. But we have to put our foot down, amen, on the Word of God and say that that, that the negative that came from the last generation Amen? It might run through your family, but it ran into you and it stops not. I'm going to say that again. You might say that things run in your family, but it run into you and it stops. I'm going to try that one more time. There might be things that have run in your family, but it ran into you and it has stopped. So whatever happened in the grands and the greats, the great-greats and the great-great-greats, it's not going to happen in you negatively. Now, the good that happened there, we'll take it all day long. Amen? We'll take the good. Shut it up. We'll take the good. But what you have, I'm telling you, this is the Spirit of the Lord. I says the anointing on this. What you have to do is make a decision that whatever, whatever is not of God that is under a curse. Whatever words that were spoken that is trying to give you grief in your day, you have to make a decision tonight that it doesn't go any further than this moment right here. I want you to shut it out. Tonight stops it in the name of Jesus. Come on, say it again. Tonight stops it. I'm no more going to have a bellyache because of stuff that my grandparents and my great-grandparents ate. How are we doing? Are we doing all right? Praise the Lord. Look at you ever say, it's all changed. Praise the Lord. Amen. I can no longer look back and blame the past, but I can take the future and say, you are my potential. And what I will leave for my children will be far greater than what was left for me. Hallelujah. Did you hear what Pastor Karn said? Is that we become the wall, what we were singing tonight, we become the wall that stops the past, but we also become the way that makes a way for the blessing to manifest in our lives. Come on, give the Lord praise tonight. Come on, now, stay with me, guys. Don't check out. Shut it out. I'm blessed. I mean, you're blessed to be in this room tonight. You're blessed to be watching this online, to be listening to this, because you know what? I wish I had heard this 20, 30 years ago. I wish somebody could have told me that you can stop the junk 
coming into your life. People look at us and they think, my God, they're, they're, they're wild folks. They speak in tongues. Listen, tongues is just getting started. I mean, what is your problem? I mean, when you go to Spain, do you get on, do you get on, on them for speaking in another language? I mean, you go to, you know, Mexico and say, why aren't all of these, you know, Mexicans speaking English? Well, why is it when we're born again of heaven and a citizen of heaven and we get a language from heaven that everybody religiously wants to get on it and say, I don't know if I got tongues thing. How many people ever heard the scripture that anyone that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh unto God? Lift your hand, let me see it. How many people believe that God is here? Then it would be very rude not to speak in tongues. Sila. Let me give you this. I know it's already, gosh, it's already gone 803. All is well. I said all is well. We might even make it an early night. Hallelujah. Let you go by 11. Good grapes were symbolic of all the best that this world has to offer. I'll say it again. Good grapes were symbolic of all the best that this world has to offer. To eat, to devour, to consume. The Hebrew bowser, sour grapes, unripe grapes. The Hebrew word kaha, set on age, is to be dull or to be blunted. So the next generation was blunted by a former generation. And that is what it is saying here. I want our generation that is coming to be as sharp as sharp can be. Now, if you're under the age of 25 here, I am declaring over you that you are getting sharper than what you could ever think. You are about to penetrate darkness in a way that generations before you have never penetrated darkness in the name of Jesus. God is going to use you as an apostolic assault upon darkness. Come on, somebody take this tonight. The pro this proverb refers to the father's actions caused the children to be blunted or to be dulled. This is the Hebrew. In the Fawcett commentary, fathers eating sour grapes, the children's teeth on edge. It's a wonderful proverb. Thank God for other translations to help us understand it. But the proverb, the proverb among the exiles, children born in Babylon, to express that they suffered the evil consequences of their father's sins rather than their own. So it wasn't even necessary, necessarily what the children had done, it's what their fathers had done. Well, I declare it tonight that I am not going to bear the consequences of parental sin. Let's just receive that right there. Let's just receive it in the name of Jesus. Now the Chuck Smith commentary says this. God never punishes children for father's sins. 
except as children continue in the sins of the Father. Again, it's a choice. The passage quoted is Exodus 20, verse 5. I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Another point here, the distinction, this distinction between judgment and chastisement, children often suffer as a result of what the parents did or the parents' sin. Another point would be this, you inherit your fleshly body from your father. And like I say it like this, our spirits are created by God, not generated by our natural father. I declare over you that tonight changes everything, that you will not reap the harvest of a former generation. How many people believe you can do something about that? You can spend your life just accepting what the last generation did and just say, well, you know what? That's how they did it. But that's not how you do it. Now, whatever good they did, whatever blessing was upon their life, take it and run with it. That heave-ho that you've got in your life from the generation that precedes you, take it and run with it. What a blessing that the, uh, the generation before you had enough wisdom to set you up. The next generation does not have to go back to butts. This thought that sometimes parents have is that, well, I had to make it. And they give nothing to their children to help them. It's evil. Because we're supposed to make way for the next generation. Amen. Glory to God. In Ephesians 6, 4, it says this, Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? So I endeavor to do this as a father. I endeavor to do this. You know, I maybe miss the mark sometimes, but for the most part, I endeavor to do this with my children. I endeavor to do it. Amen? I've learned over all the years that it's not my children's, what would you say, pleasure to receive my frustration. Just because life is maybe not going good for me doesn't mean to say that I have to make my children wear My frustration, my irritation, my agitation, my desperation. Come on, everybody. I know it's gone quiet in here. And I learned I get to rear my children. My children do not rear me. It is not my children's responsibility to make sure that I'm okay until I get to a age. 
and that if I am old and needing help, then first and foremost, it is my children's responsibility to see to me until I go to be with the Lord. How many people understand that? This is Bible. It is not the church's responsibility to look after families first. It is the family's responsibility to look after families first. But when the family has no family, or someone has no family, or a widow has no one else, then that's where the church has a responsibility. Can I have a big amen? But the church is not here to take on the responsibility of a family or everybody's lives. Families are God's plan. <laughs> All righty. Charles Spurgeon says this, You are as much serving God and looking after your own children, training them up in God's fear, minding the house and making your household a church for God as you would be if you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. I'm going to say that again. Charles Spurgeon said this, You are as much serving God and looking after your own children, training them up in God's fear, minding the house and making your household a church for God as you would be you had been called to lead an army to battle for the Lord of hosts. For instance, it is not, as a man of my age, my son's responsibility to take on the care of my household. Very quiet in here. It is my responsibility. Our children never heard or hear of pressures that we were under. Truth. Never. They would never have heard of financial pressure. They never would have heard any pressure. Because it was our responsibility to safeguard the next generation. That they would not be tainted and tarnished with unnecessary pressure at an early age before they could bear it or desire to take responsibility for it. I know this is deep, man, but this is good. Because one of these days, some of you that have never had your own children yet are about to have your children. And the easiest thing in the world is to look over the fence and say, well, you know, I know what I would. There's nothing worse than someone that does not, does not have children <laughs> looking over to someone else who does have children saying how they think that they would rear those children. How many parents know exactly what I'm talking about? <laughs> look at Geneva and say, save it. Job 4, verse 8, as, my, as I myself have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble and mischief reap the same. Job 4, 8, 
As I myself have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble and mischief reap the same. The Good News Translation says, I have seen people plow fields of evil and plant wickedness like seed. Now they harvest wickedness and evil. Guys, you don't have time to plant a wrong harvest. Shut it out. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. How many people is receiving this tonight? How many people believe that your children have a great opportunity of seeing things that you have never seen? Those things that are in your heart. Do you know what I realized in God? That there are many things that I have in my heart that I will never get to do. It's my children that will do them. And the folly of a man or a woman is to think that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it all. But three lifetimes would never give you the time to do everything that you think that you would like to do. So you come to realize is that there's a lot that you have in your heart that is for your children and for their children in the name of Jesus. I love this stuff. I hope you're receiving this. Say this with me. I will not sow a harvest of corruption. Say it again. I will not sow a harvest of corruption. Jeremiah 11.10. Now, let's take a look at this. Jeremiah 11.10. Maybe, Sam, if you want to come back and tinkle on the keys there for me, please. Jeremiah 11.10 says this. They have returned to the sins of their forefathers who refused to obey my words. They have followed other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken the covenant I made with their fathers. It is so important that we walk in the obedience of the Lord. Let's say that one more time. It is so important that we walk in the obedience of the Lord. I know some of you sitting there thinking, well, well, it's just me, Pastor. I don't have any family, and my kids are gone, and all these different things. This message is not really relevant to me. Well, you know, there are other nights that the message is right up your street. But tonight, this message is right up the street of someone that needs to hear that there is a responsibility to stop what is coming down of a curse from a former generation so that the blessing starts with you onto the next generations if the Lord tarries. Michael Yusuf said this, when our children see us clinging to the promises of God, they will grow up trusting in his goodness. If we fail as adults in praying for and praying with the next generation, then they will become spiritually unsure. And when I read this, I look at the day that we're living in, and I see a generation that is unsure. They are in an identity crisis, guys. And really, they go with the loudest voice. Loud voices have to start coming out of the church. I'm going to say it one more time. Loud voices have to start coming out of the church. Our children have to hear our conviction. I'm going to say it again. Our children have to hear our conviction. Do you believe this tonight? Our children have to hear our conviction. You can't be afraid of your children. 
The children have to know. And I don't care if they're 30, 40, 50. My mother's 80 coming 81. We joke and carry on at times, you know, that the older we get, you know, the less of a filter that we have. <laughs> How many aging saint has learned that the filter really just doesn't exist anymore once you get up there somewhere? You just say what needs to be said and take no prisoners with you. So we, we, we laugh and carry on about this somewhat is that mom just says it. And you know what? I celebrate it. Because there's no mincing of the words. You know how many people have died prematurely because people have minced their words. You all know what that saying is here, minced your words? Held back. Not told people what they should have heard. I'm determined. No curse from the past is staying alive in my life. And I keep looking around this world and I keep hearing what's going on. And I see cyclical patterns happening to people all the time after 23 years of ministry. And I say, there's something not right with this picture. And everybody keeps screaming, you know. You know, once you're saved, once you're born again, you know. The, the devil, you know, the, the, you can't have a devil. Well, I don't know what's going on with people then. How can so much evil then happen in a believer's life if the devil can't touch them? Are you listening to me? I want you to say this. Obedience, Obedience. is key. Oh, I'm going to say it again. Obedience is key. Obedience is not always comfortable. Obedience is not always the favored choice. Truth is not always. And for all of us that always say, the truth sets us free. We can lie like a tripper, but the best with them, the best of them. A little fib here, a little fib there. You know, I've been saying to some people recently, even the embellishment of something, even the embellishment of something is scary because it's not truth. It's what it was being told in the way that you want it to be heard. But you have relayed it wrong. There were 40, not 100. It's like we go out to dinner and we say the Chinese meal was awesome. But there was no meal ever awesome. Gone quiet in here. There's not one meal that you've ever had that you could you could attribute the word awesome to. 
God is awesome. I said, God is awesome. A meal is not awesome. It was tasty. It was lovely. Delicious. But not awesome. Awesome is embellishment. Even quieter in here tonight. Hmm? Oh, you can speak the way you want. But you don't want your children running around saying that an ice cream was awesome. You want to give them the true sense of what that ice cream was. That ice cream was so delicious. Can I give you a couple more? Oh, it's getting mighty quiet in here. <laughs> Ezekiel 20, verse 18 says this, But I said to their children in the wilderness, Walking not in the statutes of your fathers, neither observe their judgments, nor defile yourselves with their idols. Tonight starts a clean slate. That you're going to use your mouth to bless and not curse. You're going to use your mouth to speak truth and refuse to lie and give no foothold to the enemy. Satan, he just looks, lurks, stalks, looking for any room, any room that he can get a foothold. Well, Scripture says, give him none. Give him no room. Proverbs tells us that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says what? Choose life or death, blessing or cursing. How many people in this room tonight choose life? Let me see your hands. How many people choose the blessing? Come on, begin to pray in the spirit with me right now. Everybody engage your faith right now. Those things that have tried to come down from past generations, it stops. I don't care if you come from another country, it stops. I could say all day long, well, this is because I was, you know, I was born in Northern Ireland. Come on, pray in the Spirit. I could say I, I was born in Northern Ireland. Somebody could say I was born in Mexico. Somebody could say I, I was born in Puerto Rico. Somebody could say, I was, you know, it's because I was born. You know, no, 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 no. No, there was a day and an hour that you were born again. And you were born again by the Spirit of the Lord. On that day, you were given a new birth certificate in the name of Jesus. And you were given a clean slate to start your life. Regardless of what happened before that moment, you became a new creation. All things passed away. All things become new. Everything, I'm telling you, of the junk and the curses and the demonic hold that was on your family up until that point, I'm telling you, it was a new day. I declare it over you, it is a new day. And tonight is giving you fire in 
your belly, just stand up with a backbone and say, I'm going to make it. Me and my family and my children are going to make it in the name of Jesus. That the days ahead are going to be filled with the goodness of God. The days ahead are going to be filled with the glory of God. And the curse of the past will never be the curse of my future. Those things that my parents did, those things that my grandchildren did, those things that my great, great grandparents did will never be my portion in the name of Jesus. I declare tonight, I am free. If you're free, shut up and amen. So I believe that this was the word of the Lord tonight. Very simple word. I have so much more that I could say. But you know what? I believe we get the point. I believe we get the message. I honestly believe that the Lord is not only saying to you, but saying to me that the responsibility is now yours. The responsibility is now yours to take it from here. There is a promise in the Gospels, and it goes like this. Honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with you, and that you would live long. How many people believe that you will live long? But you don't know, Pastor, this is the thing, I can hear it, but you don't know what they did. I'm not saying that you have to move back in with them. I'm just saying is that you have to love them. You have to honor them, regardless of anything that happened through the years. You are the point of change. You are the door to the future. You have the power to see that the generation that is coming are set up for the greatest of success. I believe that with all my heart. And I declare that the green apples of the past will never be the sour stomach of the future. And that is Bible, ladies and gentlemen, in Jesus' precious name. Protect your children. Protect your children from the elements of this world. Protect them even if they're grown. Don't just lay on them. Just don't tell them everything that you think that they should know. Pray. Ask the Lord. Seek the face of God. Be led by the Spirit as a parent what it is that you need to communicate to your children. And for those of us that are married among here, around here, don't curse your spouse. I have learned even more over these last several months how evil and how wicked it is to curse your spouse. You know those times we have arguments and we say those things that we should never say? 
you must understand that you have become one flesh. And you may be cursing your spouse, but it's more than that. You're actually cursing yourself because you have become one in him. Anybody can look at someone else's faults and overlook your own, but it takes a different type of person to see that we're all just a work in process. And the best we can do for each other is to stay in prayer for each other and to see God's goodness and glory manifested in each and every one of our lives. My name is Paul Brady, and I approve of this message. Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm so disappointed in my children. No. Get over it. The truth of the matter is that you're disappointed in yourself. It's not your child. It's yourself. So you get the victory over that disappointment. Your child will come right through because it could be your disappointment that's actually holding them in bondage. Yeah, I believe I just spoke the word of the Lord. Lift your hands and receive it. Our job as parents is to free the next generation from our judgment and give them our love in Jesus' precious name.